morning, there was a an old guy standing outside side of a road and he had a, a sign. And on the sign it said, turn back, the end is near. And so he's just standing on the side of the road holding that sign up. And, and uh, about that time the car approached and it slowed down. You could tell, he could tell they were reading the sign. And then they, they kind of smiled and laughed at him and waved and just sped on by. And a couple moments later, he heard a, a tire screeching and a loud crash. A little bit later, another car sped, uh, pulled up to him and saw hold this sign, turn back, the end is near. And they, they kind of honked at him and, and just kept on going and he heard tires squeal and a crash. Uh, happened a third time where car sped by and a tire squealed and a crash and, and the guy, the old guy stopped and turned around and looked at the sign and thought to himself, maybe I should have put the end or turn around uh, the bridges out. <laughs> about messed up the punchline there. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Turn around the bridges out. That, 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 that's what, how I should have said. A couple weeks ago, I was driving home from Troy, and I went through St. Joe. Had to make a stop there, so instead of going my normal route through Ash, and I was going through St. Joe, and uh, and I was about a mile south of St. Joe, and uh, I don't know, probably three quarters of a mile uh, down the road, there was a truck coming uh, at me. We were we were going to meet. He was I was going south. He was going north, and it was a pickup pulling what looked like a stock trader, and. When we got close enough uh, and passed, indeed it was a stock trader. But but I noticed from, from a distance something looked weird. I, something looked out of place. Couldn't quite figure out what it was at first. Uh, and, and then as we got a little closer, as our distance began to close between each other, I, I thought, well, a door is open on that stock trader and hanging out on the uh, on the right side of that trailer, so on the shoulder side of that trailer. I thought, well, some door's open. I thought, man, that's a bad, bad deal. Something might fall out or animal might fall out or whatever. But the closer we got, I realized, no, that's not a door that's hanging out. And But I still couldn't figure out. So as I'm driving, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm glued on that truck trying to figure out, what am I seeing that's out beside it? As we finally got close enough that we were almost to the point of passing, I realized what it was. There was a tire running down the shoulder right beside, and at this point it made its way up to the, the cab of the truck, a tire that I assume must have come off that trailer, and it was running parallel down the shoulder right next to the, the truck and trailer. In fact, it looked like it was about to to pass the, the, the truck. And and a couple, things came, a couple things came to my mind. My first, first thought was, well, you don't see that every day. <laughs> and my second thought was, and I kind of laughed out loud. Boy, that truck driver is going to be really surprised when he sees a tire pass him on the shoulder. Like, what are you doing passing on just a tire? And uh, and then I got a little more serious. And and my third thought was a prayer. Lord, you know, hopefully that tire veers into the uh, to the off the shoulder into the grass and doesn't doesn't cause any damage. And and I felt felt helpless to do anything about it. I thought I wish I could have turned around and chased him down and. Stop my car and grab, I don't know what I would have done, but, but there's no way I could have got there in time to, to, to make anything happen. Uh, but, but as I continued driving down the highway, my, my thoughts went a whole different direction. They got just a little bit, a little bit more uh, personal, and I, I began to reflect on, on how precarious life really could be. What, but because the, the reality is we, we never know what might possibly happen to us. So my mind kind of went to these what ifs. Because after I, after I thought for a while, 
You know, I thought, boy, that tire could have veered over and into my lane. And you hear about that happening occasionally, uh, usually on the interstate, and it's usually a semi-tire, which would have been a whole lot worse than a trailer tire. But 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 I began to think, what if what if that tire had had veered over and had bounced up and into my windshield? Uh, certainly would have ruined my day and probably left a little scratch uh, or a whole lot worse. Uh, than that, and 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 it made me think. Well, what if, what if I, what what if that had happened, and I'd known it was going to happen? What if I'd known that that day was going to be the last day of my life? And and I thought, what what I would have done differently if I'd known that would have been my last day? Here's the first thing I thought: I would have got up that morning, and I'd have had you make me biscuits and gravy because I love biscuits and gravy. And I really should eat them and, and rarely do, but, but I, I'd have had, and Rita makes good biscuits and gravy, and, uh, and I would have had biscuits and gravy. Then I would have driven over to, uh, to the Ashes and McDonald's and gone through the drive-thru and got two bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits, because I love those. Uh, and even though they're not on special, hey, it's my last day, money's no, pro- no problem. I would have bought two of those because I love those. And then I would have yelled in the window, hey, tell Joanne I said hi. Uh, if you've listened to sermons here in the past, you know what that means. Uh, if you don't, then you must have missed that Sunday. But, but, but in all seriousness, that's probably not what I would have done. I probably would have got up and I, I, I would have told Rita how much I loved her and how special she was, and maybe even apologized for using her in so many sermon illustrations. That <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. But I, I, I would have expressed my appreciation. Uh, to to the the wife that she's been and the mother of my children. Then then I think I'd have called all my kids or 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 I could in a day's time actually visit all all four of them personally and let them know just how how proud of them I I, I am. And, and I think I would have talked to every one of my twelve grandchildren and spoke some truth in their life and spoke a blessing over their life. See, with the the thought of mortality, with the thought of mortality, we think, man, I I I would do something different and, and maybe. Maybe really what we should think is that we should live every day like it is our last day. So, so let me ask this question. Uh, what, what would you do if you knew the exact day that Jesus was coming back? If you knew the exact day that Jesus was coming, how would you react to that? I think a lot of us, if, if we somehow knew, and, and that we could be convinced of that, that we knew when Jesus was coming back, I think our first response would be one of excitement, like, yes, I want to know. Because if I know when Jesus is coming back, then I'm going to, then I'm going to what? If I knew that Jesus was coming back on Wednesday, how would that affect my Tuesday? Last week we began talking about the fact, uh, discussing this idea that Jesus is coming back, that there is going to be a second uh, second uh, coming in and that we possibly are in end times or the last days, depending on what that might mean to you. We began to talk about that, and we answered last week, or we pointed out this one idea and, and talked about what we know. We we know we know there was confusion uh, in in the early church. There was confusion. The, the apostles were confused about what what the second coming was going to be. The, the reality is. They really weren't confused about the second coming because they didn't know it was going to happen. They were just confused about what in the world Jesus talking about. There, there was confusion in the early church when it dealt with the second coming, but not the kind of confusion that we we think. Their confusion was, well, what if you die before the second coming? Are you still going to heaven? Uh, and, and then we pointed out that obviously 
without talk, without saying we are confused today about Jesus' second coming. But we also pointed out one other thing that we know that there's certainty. The, the certainty is this: that Jesus is coming back. Church, I can't say this strong enough. Um, we'll we'll basically hammer it a couple more times to, in today's sermon. I can't say this strong enough that what Jesus wants us to know, what Jesus wants us to know more than times or dates, more than signs or seasons, is simply this certainty on coming back. Now this morning, let's look at a couple more things that give us clarity uh, about, about Jesus' second coming, what he really wants us to know and and uh, and, and the reality of that second coming. So, so we... we we looked last week at what we know. So let's start off this morning. We won't spend a lot of time here, but let's talk about what we don't know. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you and, and, and know that it's okay. I'm going to lose some of you here. At least you're not going to totally agree with me. I'm going to say some things that you're like, Tim, I think you are wrong. I think you are dead wrong. And that's okay. If I'm wrong, nothing's hurt. It's, it's all right. I, I've been wrong before. Uh, but, but I'm probably going to lose some of you on this. So, so one thing that we don't know is the season. We don't know the season that Jesus is coming back. Or let me, so you understand what I mean. We don't know the time. We don't know the day or the time that Jesus is coming back. Now, now can, I, can I say that again? Can I just make sure you understand that? We don't know the season. The reason I know, the reason I'm convinced that we don't know the season or time, the reason that I know that we can't with any accuracy predict when Jesus is returning, the reason I know that we don't know if Jesus is coming back tomorrow or a thousand years from tomorrow is simply this. That's what Jesus said. If you have your Bibles, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, uh, to, to mark a couple places, we're going to be going back and forth between some of these, and I want you to I want you to read for yourself. Don't take my word for any of this. Be sure to check and make sure that that, that scripture says this. So find Matthew chapter twenty four. We'll go back and forth there a couple times. Also find First Thessalonians chapter five, well chapter four, chapter five. Uh, also Acts chapter one. And just if you don't have enough fingers or enough, uh, just rip off some of your bulletin and stick it in there to mark those if you want. I also find 2 Peter chapter 3. All of these will tell us a little bit about Jesus' return. But the reason I know that we don't know the season is because of what Jesus said. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. But about the day or hour, or the season, or time, about the day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, the created heavenly beings are the angels, nor, nor, nor the Son, but only the Father. Only one knows, the Father. Jesus doesn't even know. Look over in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. We talked about this last week, but let's just get, do a little refresher. It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. It's not for you to know the day or the time. It's not for you to know the season. So, so church, consider this. If Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back, 
If Jesus doesn't know the, the day, the time, the season, if Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back, maybe, maybe we are a bit misguided when we try to pinpoint the exact time of his return. It's okay to get excited about it. It's okay to talk about it. I really don't even care if you want to try to read the tea leaves. That's not me, but if you want to, great. But, but maybe we're misguided if we try to pinpoint the time because Jesus doesn't know. So, so this is, this is what, what we don't know. We don't know the, the season, the, the day, the time. And you're not going to like this. Some of you are, you're going to disagree with on me, with me on this and, and it's okay, but we don't know the signs. Do you realize we don't know the season and we don't know the signs? Or, or let me put it this way. I don't think there are signs of Jesus' return. And don't take my word for it. We're going to let Scripture talk to that here in just a little bit. And, and we'll, we'll look a little bit later in Matthew 24 about this. But some people get excited and they think uh, when, when, when they look here at Matthew chapter 24, they think that Jesus is talking a lot about signs. Uh, but, but, but let's look at a couple of things. Everybody Bible are Matthew 24. Go to, to verse 4. Uh, Jesus had just told them that the, the Jerusalem would be destroyed, the temple would be destroyed, and they asked the question, when's this going to happen? What's going to be the sign? We talked a lot about that last week. And notice what Jesus says in verse 4. Jesus answered. Now remember the question that they'd asked. When's this going to be? What was the question? When is Jerusalem going to be destroyed? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. We... We sometimes read those verses. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been guilty of, of that before. And I, I've had people point those out. And see, see, earthquakes and, and, uh, and wars, and all, that is a sign of Jesus' return being imminent. There's a couple problems. Don't, don't forget that Jesus said he didn't know. So if he didn't know, I don't know that he would be saying, hey, this is, this is going to be a sign of, of, of me coming back, but I don't even know what it is. Uh, secondly, in, in, in the context, the question Jesus is answering is, when will Jerusalem fall? When will the temple be destroyed? That's what he's talking about in those verses about that destruction. Let me just toss this in for extra credit here. There have, there have always been earthquakes and famines. From the beginning of time, there have been earthquakes and famines. Uh, a few weeks ago, there was an earthquake, or maybe it's been the last couple of weeks, there was an earthquake somewhere. I don't even remember now where it was. And, and I saw someone post, earthquake, see, Jesus is about to come back. <laughs> there have always been earthquakes and famines. And people have been predicting Jesus' return since Jesus first left. People have interpreted current events using a lot of times these verses and said, see, Jesus is about to come back. I, I imagine you could have found pastors back in 1861 who stood in their pulpits and say, are, 
Our country is falling apart. We're, 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 we found ourselves in the midst of this civil war. South against the north. Uh, free against slave. Jesus is about to come back. You could have found the same people in the early 1900s when World War I first took off that would have said, see, the, Jesus, Jesus is going to come back anytime. And in the 40s in World War II and the 50s in Korea and 60s in Vietnam and over and over again, even up to current days, we, we can look at events and, and particularly looking at these verses that we're talking about destruction of Jerusalem and say, see, we're in the last days. So, so I, I will give you that, that we are definitely in the last days. But whenever you see that in Scripture, go ahead and, 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 and do a search if you want on that. When Scripture talks about last days, it's talking about from the day Jesus went to heaven until he comes back. We've been in the last days for 2,000 years, and, and it may be one more year, or it may be another 1,000 years. Who knows? So, so church, what we don't know is this. We don't know the season, and we don't know the signs. So, so catch, or let me put it this way. I, I don't think there are signs. Scripture will back that up. So catch this. If Jesus... If Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back, and then he purposely tells us that, did you catch that? Chapter 24, verse 36. Uh, again, basically an act. If, if Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back and tells us purposely that point, then there must be a couple other things that are true. If, if he doesn't know and he doesn't really give us signs, something must be true. Let me look at two things. First of all, we can't know. Can we just can we just decide that that we can't know if if Jesus doesn't know? Think of the arrogance of people that have have pinpointed a time of Jesus' return. Think of their arrogance that they know more than Jesus. We can't know. Believe me, I wish I could. I wish I could stand up here and preach a sermon that interprets current events as fulfilling this prophecy and that prophecy. And and, and I, I would love to be able to have your eyes pop wide open with amazement and excitement, or fear, or concern, or whatever it is, thinking that man, Jesus' return is just around the corner. But let me just be honest with you, I can't do that. Now, now you can find plenty of other pastors and teachers that will do that, and. And, and, and they are great men and women of God. They, they are believers and they're, they're smarter than I am. And, and they have the God's best interest in, in their hearts. You can find them and you can listen to them talk about that. And they can make your hair stand on the end and you can get all excited about that if you want. And I'm okay. If they are exactly right and I'm wrong, that's fine. But I can confidently tell you that I can stand in this pulpit and tell you that I believe what Jesus said. And if Jesus doesn't know, I don't know. And here's the second truth. Because I, I think if that one's true, then we got to find something. Here's the second truth. That Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. And doesn't really give us a playbook or signs of when that's going to happen. There's got to be something, right? See, there, there must be something else that is even more important. Something more important than knowing when or how to interpret. There must be something more important. If Jesus doesn't know when or give us a sign, 
then, then there's something else he wants us to get. Well, I've got good news. There is something else. And Jesus tells us plenty about it. So, so we look at what we know. We look at what we don't know. And you can disagree with me on that if you want. But, but I think we look at what we don't know. Now, let's look at what I think Jesus wants us to get from, from this. What we need to know. Will you join me here just as we finish up this last point of the sermon and listen to what Jesus wants us to know? It's what we really need to know. If you have your Bibles, uh, look at the book of Acts. We read these verses last week, but let's go back to the book of Acts. Because this is there's two things he wants us to know or that we need to know. Uh, one is that we are to be a witness. We are to be a witness. Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. We looked at these last week, talked about them. It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the other ends of the world. Now, now, now what often happens is when we begin to talk about end times, when we begin to talk about Jesus' second coming, when we get all excited about, well, this must be a sign of Jesus' second coming, we, hey, I did it back in the what, 80s when the Left Behind books came out. I read all of them. I spent, I, I spent countless hours reading those books, and I got excited about it. But, but, but what that does is forces us to look inward. When, when we start trying to guess when Jesus is coming back or get excited that it could be right now, what do we do? We look inward. But the message that Jesus placed on the hearts of the men that would turn the world upside down for him. The message he placed on their hearts right before he ascended into heaven. So, last thing he said, it's got to be important. We talked about this last week. The last thing he said was, you'll be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. Maybe what Jesus wants us to think about, instead of figuring out days or times, is be my witnesses. Now, what would have happened? What would have happened had had Jesus not told them that? What, what if they, they'd met on that hill and, and Jesus said, well, guys, see you later. And he ascended into heaven. The angels appeared and said, hey, he's coming back. Just like you. If Jesus hadn't said, hey, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be my witnesses. What would have happened? I think they would have gone back to Jerusalem and they would have debated about when's Jesus coming back. I think they'd gone back to Jerusalem. They said, well, the angel said he's going to come on a cloud so they would have set up this, they, they would have got this, this chart and someone would have put it in, in their computer and laid it all out. So Peter, you've got Monday mornings from 9 to noon. Your job is to stand outside and look. When you see a cloud, just pay attention. If Jesus is on it, you sound the alarm so that we all can be ready. Uh, so, so from 9 to noon, Peter, to you. From noon to 3, John, you're taking over that ship. From, from 3 to 6, Matthew, you've got that ship. I, I, they might have put guys outside to watch if Jesus said, you're not going to be my witness. Or or maybe they would have debated what day. I just see them in the upper room saying, well, what day do you think Jesus is coming back? I think they would have voted on it. I think, I, I think 10 out of the 11 would have said, it's going to be Sunday. I mean, Saturday. It's going to be the Sabbath. Jesus has to come back on the Sabbath. That's the holy day. That's a day of rest. That's a day God has said. That's a day we have... We have worshipped God through the history of our nation. And then someone would have said, yeah, but, but he came back from the grave alive on Sunday, on the first day. And they would have like, 
I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Jesus is going to come back on Sunday. And then someone would have been an outlier. Someone would have said, no, you know, I think it's going to be Friday. Friday was the day he was crucified. None of the rest of that happens without the crucifixion. And someone else might have said, yeah, but he said, we won't know. So I think Jesus is going to kind of surprise us. It's going to be a Tuesday. That's when Jesus comes. But I don't think they did any of that. Because Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses. Had, had he not, they might have been tempted to go back to Jerusalem and debate and discuss and discern when Jesus was coming back. They, they might have been overwhelmed with, we've got to figure this out. But it didn't happen. Because Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. Jesus said, I'm coming back, but until that day, be a witness. I'm coming back, but until that day, preach the gospel. I'm coming back, but until that day, concentrate on serving me. I'm coming back, but until that day, make sure people see me in your lives. Maybe what Jesus wants us to concentrate on when we consider end times and his second return is simply this, to be his witness. More important than figuring out when he's coming back more important than figuring out when he's coming back is figuring out how he wants us to live. So, one more thing that we need to know. And, and I'm just going to be honest, I, I think I, I think this is the most important thing that he says in all of this discourse. In everything that he says in Matthew 24, I think this, this, this should be underlined. I, I think Jesus... He just sort of highlighted this. I think he should have, hey, make sure you underline this and everyone knows this is really what I'm talking about. The, the most important thing to know, and, and it really doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if you think there's going to be a secret rapture. Kind of, just so you know, I don't think there is. Uh, don't shoot me, please. Uh, uh, whether you think a secret rapture, and if Jesus is going to come back before or in the middle or at the end of a supposed seven years of tribulation. I'm not sure I'm on board with that either. No, I'm not on board with that either. But, but the one thing he really wants us to get, the unarguably most important thing Jesus says in Matthew 24 is this. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to know the one thing that you need to know? Jesus says, be ready. No matter what your view of end times is, be ready trumps everything. Whether you believe like I do, probably most of you don't, huh? that's okay. Be ready. But whether you're interpreting signs and think, boy, it's all pointing Jesus just around the corner, probably he is. Maybe he is. I don't know. But what Jesus wants you to get is be ready. Be ready. Now, I'm going to toss this in. Uh, just so so you'll kind of under understand context because I think sometimes we take things a little bit out of context. Jesus Jesus illustrates uh, his second coming with with two things, uh, and and the the point of it is he wants us to be ready, and so he illustrates that. And this is what he says, sorry verse thirty seven. Verse thirty seven, as it was in the days of Noah, so will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For the days before the flood, now, now read, listen carefully. Jesus is illustrating his return by this story. People were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. 
They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. Now, now keep this next phrase kind of in the back of your mind for a second. I'll come back to it. Uh, till the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And then it gives another illustration. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, one will be left. So he says, therefore, keep watch. Therefore, be ready. Because you don't know when it's going to happen. Can I, uh, can I throw something out? You don't have to agree with me on this. But in the context of Matthew 24, in the context of what Jesus said, in the context, in the context of Jesus' illustration, when Jesus says two men will be walking in a field, one will be taken and one will be left, in that context, you know which one is left? The righteous, not the unrighteous. See, see, we think that that's Jesus talking about a secret rapture. Well, two will be walking out the field. One's going to be taken, one left, two be grinding, one taken. We read the books, we watched the Left Behind movie. You know, they're driving down the road, suddenly they're just taken away. But in the context of what Jesus had just said, uh, verse 39, and they knew nothing about what happened until the flood came, and who was taken away? Who was left and who was taken away? Until the flood came and they were taken away. The unrighteous were taken away and destroyed. The righteous, Noah and his family, were left. Kind of wild, isn't it? If you have your Bible uh, still uh, in First Thessalonians, go to First Thessalonians chapter five. Catch, catch what he what he's really wanting us to get here. Uh, chapter five, starting verse one. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. Now, now let me pause there for a second and, and throw this in. Uh, Paul had, had told the church at Thessalonica that Jesus was coming back. Remember last week I pointed out that that was one of the uh, one of the sticking points, one of the reasons he wrote this letter was to clear up their confusion. Their confusion was they thought that if you died before he came back, you might miss it. Uh, but notice what he says. He says about times and dates, we don't need to write to you. So, so Paul... Paul wasn't even addressing the fact that they needed to know the time or date. So when Paul taught them about Jesus' second coming, he didn't say anything about trying to predict or figure out or know when it's going to happen. Notice what he goes on and says, For you know very well that the day of the Lord, how's it going to come? It will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, Destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. Woman, They will not escape. If you have your Bibles, uh, keep, keep that open to 1 Thessalonians. We'll come back there in a little bit. But, but look over at 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. We'll start with verse 8. Now, now this kind of puts a, some things in perspective. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, with the Lord is a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Hey, Jesus might come back in a day, but that may be a thousand years for us. And know what he just says there? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with the war, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid 
bear. Here's, here's a couple things that are, that, that, are, that are just factual from what Scripture just told us. Jesus will come back when we don't expect. That's the whole point of this illustration that we've seen here in more than one place, in actually three different places. That's, a, that, that, that's, that's what we catch, is that we don't know when it's going to be, so we're not expecting it. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, so you must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him. In, in fact, Scripture even tells us that life will be, be going on like normal. Matthew chapter 24, 38 and 39, for the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. They didn't know anything was going to happen. And then the, the flood came. And over First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, while the people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them. See, things are going to be normal. No one's going to realize that anything is happening, and Jesus will come. So he says, be motivated, be motivated to be ready. Be motivated to be ready. Back over in First Peter, or excuse me, Second Peter chapter three. Catch this. We're we're finishing up here. First Peter, or Second Peter chapter three, eleven and twelve says this: Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. And over in First Thessalonians chapter four. Verse 18, it says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Talking about the second coming. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Be ready. When, uh, when her kids were little, before Rita was working, uh, occasionally she would load the kids up and and go visit her mom. Uh, we lived in Louisiana for a couple of years. She did that once while we were down there. And then after we moved to Rushville, she would, would go a little more often. Sometimes she'd go for just a weekend. Other times she'd go and spend like like a week there. And, uh, and, and, and as she loaded them up, the last thing she would say before she got in the car, would she say, she would say this, Tim, before I get back, or and, uh, let me rephrase. She would say, when I get back, I don't want to see a sink full of dirty dishes. I don't want to see the house all messed up. A little bit later on, when the kids were older and her mom moved to California, Reed would fly out to visit her mom. And luckily, Crystal was part of our family, so she knew Crystal wouldn't let me mess up, and Crystal would at least do that stuff. But but she would say the same thing. Right before she had seen, I'm coming back, and before I get back, you make sure that the sink is not full of dirty dishes and that the house is not a mess. Now. You may find this hard to believe, particularly when the kids were little and she took all of them with you. You may find this hard to believe, but but on Monday when she left, I would I would would heat a plate of food up and and, and maybe dirty a, a dish, and when I was done, I would take it over to the sink and I'd put them in the sink. And on Tuesday, I would take them over to the sink and I'd put them on top of Mondays in the sink. And on Wednesday, I put them on top of Monday and Tuesdays. And, and as you might guess, anyone else there? Carl, is that what you would do? Yeah, okay. 
So, so, so by Thursday night, the sink was mounted up with dirty dishes, and and the house wasn't a wreck. But but I'd take clothes off, and they would lay where I dropped them, and and certainly I hadn't vacuumed or done anything like the house was like it was was a mess. But but it was Thursday, and she was coming back, and so I would snap into attention on Thursday night, or well, it's just being nice. About an hour before she was supposed to be home on Friday, just hoping she wasn't running early. I, I would wash the dishes, pick up the stuff, try to make sure everything was back in, in normal. See, we don't know when Jesus is coming back, but he's coming back. The truth is, if we knew the date, we'd be like Tim. We'd be like, I knew what I want to do until Thursday. I guess one reason we don't know. And, and so he says, you don't know when I come back. It's going to be a thief in the night. Things are going to be going on normal. You're not going to expect me, and I'm coming back. Be ready. On October 4th of last year, on October 4th of last year, the Lord came back, in essence, for my brother. Life was going on normal. He didn't have any sus suspicions that anything was different. He had driven from St. Louis over to Champaign, Illinois, was getting things ready that evening for when his girlfriend came home from work to have supper, and and he suffered a massive heart attack. And, and though it was three weeks later before he actually died, he really died that night. And so on that day, the Lord came back. See, see it might be tomorrow that that we hear a trumpet sound and we hear a, a shout and we look up and Jesus is descending with the clouds. Or maybe a tire rolling down a highway just the center lane and hits you in the windshield or, or who knows. See, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And I think he wants it that way. That's what God planned. I'm not going to tell you. So you don't need to tell them to worry about it. Simply this. Just remember this. Be ready. Just be ready. Are you are you today? Are you today ready for Jesus' return? Let's pray. Father, prepare our hearts for you. In, indeed, we're discouraged by current events. We're discouraged by by our world and and I, and I think our fascination within times is just because we long for your return we like the early church we pray Maranatha Jesus come quickly Jesus come soon but Father you, you want us less than trying to figure out when you want us to just simply be ready and, and in the interim Father to be your witnesses to, to spread your love to show your passion to serve like Jesus served. Father, help us today concentrate on being ready for Jesus' return. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you're not ready, then I guess I ask a simple question. Why? Jesus said, be ready. Be ready.